Welcome everyone to the very first session for Designing Climate Actions. I'm Janvi Mange. I'm your host joining you guys from Savannah, Georgia. And since a topic today is all about integrating indigenous wisdom for resilience in the modern times, I would like to acknowledge the indigenous land that I belong to from Savannah. It belongs to the community of Yamasitra. And I would like to give the mic to our co-host, Rachel. Thank you, Janvi. Hello, my name is Rachel Gula. I use she, they pronouns, and I am live streaming from so-called Los Angeles, California, the traditional and unceded territory of the Chumash, Gabrieno, and Tongva peoples, among multiple other tribes in this area. We're actually gonna drop a link to a map, an interactive map where you'll be able to enter your address or your city or town, and you'll find out more information about the peoples who are from your land and the indigenous tribes of the area. So I'll drop that link real quick. And we are very, very, very excited to have our first guest here, Dr. Anita Sanchez. And let's see, Anita is Nahua Aztec and Mexican American. She's a transforma transformational leadership consultant, speaker, coach, and author of the international award-winning book, The Four Sacred Gifts, Indigenous Wisdom for Modern Times. Anita bridges indigenous teachings with the latest science to inspire and equip women and men to enjoy meaningful, empowered lives and careers. She's a member of the Transformational Leadership Council, and board members of Bioneers, Evolutionary Business Council, and the Pachamama Alliance. Anita leads an annual journey into the sacred headwaters of the Amazon. Anita here is passionate about inspiring people to discover and trust their gifts so that they become a life-giving connection to people and to the planet. Conscious Company Media 2020 World Changing Woman and World Women's Foundation Woman of the Hour, hashtag She Is My Hero Awards. The World's Women Foundation Initiative is to inspire 1 million girls to live their dreams and fulfill leadership. And with that being said, I would love to pass it over to our friend Anita to introduce herself. Uh, you don't know how much you honor me by calling me your friend. You are indeed. Um, I'm so delighted to be with you here, Rachel and Jambi. And I'm coming to you from Boulder, Colorado, uh, in the foothills. And this is the land, and I, every day as I start my uh, ceremony, my practice every day, I give gratitude to the first peoples, which are the Cheyenne, Arapaho, and the Ute, and many other tribes. But um, I think it's really important to say that these um, members, my relatives, still reside here. Some of them were forced to go to different reservations, but they're still here and good things are happening in terms of um, renaming things and giving space back to this land that originally they are the, uh, they're part of. And I think you wanted me to say just a little bit else about me. Uh, so just to prepare people, <laughs> we're gonna get into some really good questions I know, but I want you to know that I'm a dreamer and um, and that that's really critical to me. And at this time when we have so many challenges, I know that people are starting to lose. Uh, what do you mean dream? I just, the fear, other things are taking over. So how can I plan? I, 
um, in growing up from I, my earliest dream, I remember I was three or four and I still have this dream. And the dream is of, a, uh, of the earth. And there are all these stick people of different colors and we have our hands on each other's heart. And I remember being in kindergarten in fifth grade, first uh, five years old and going to kindergarten. We had to draw what we were gonna be when we grew up. And I drew this, I drew the earth and all these, and our hearts are in it. And I remember all the kids drew great things, mommies and daddies and firemen and all sorts of things. And, uh, and I showed my picture and the kids laughed and the teacher said, put away your crayons. But something happened to me then that I so, I just even saying this, I can feel it again in my body. As a five-year-old, I should have been embarrassed or, you know, like whatever that this was happening. But instead I felt like my feet go into the ground and my head just up into the sky. And even though that was all the language I had for this, I knew that was what I was gonna do and be when I grew up. And indeed that's what happened. And that dream has helped me through some of the toughest times and some of the best times. And so you'll hear me um, using the power of our ability to vision, to know what is unseen beyond our senses. Thank you so much, Anita. Yes, I love when you speak about the aspect of dreams and especially since you have an experience connecting with the indigenous Amazon tribes and the dream culture. It is such a beautiful message and thank you so much for sharing with us. We at times forget to connect back to our roots, our dreams, the visions that we get and we just maybe in the fear of what people are going to say, is it acceptable, am I going to fit in with that? We just forget to acknowledge what we truly are with it. And this is a big message for all of us. It is a big one. And I think that fear of how we're going to be judged. And I don't, I don't dismiss that. I, I've been 40 plus years consulting to some of the largest global corporations in the world. And, and so what I did early on, I'll just own this, is I've always woven indigenous wisdom into you know, my PhD learnings and all my certificates and stuff. But I would very quietly in the background, weave it in. But over each decade, more and more it comes to the fore and things have changed where in the past people would go, oh, that feels a little woo-woo or that, what do you mean our ancestors? I mean, you're here because of your ancestors. You were a dream, you happened, you know? Yes. And so now what is yours to both heal in the past as well as to take the strengths and to move forward seven generations? And now people don't look at that as, oh, just like they don't, they understand now meditation has some power that we are energy. You know, the science is caught up with the indigenous right. wisdom of the traditions all over the world. Exactly. Yeah. And with that being said, we're so eager to hear what is this Eagle Hoop prophecy and why is it important right now? Yes. Well, the Eagle Hoop prophecy is a prophecy. First of all, prophecy is indigenous people have these and it doesn't mean it foretells the future, but it gives us um, information that comes from the earth, from, from spirit, uh, from that sacred part of us to understand how to be and do in a life-giving way. So back in the 90s, Don Coyas, who's a Mohican elder, a wonderful man who started White Bison, he um, had a vision. And in that vision, what came this eagle hoop prophecy, where he was, as he, as he was dreaming, uh, having this vision, he saw this hoop and a hundred eagle feathers came and attached to it. And then there was this call, this very clear call, the spirit that he was to gather from all over the earth because it, the human beings had forgotten. 
And so what happened in the Eagle of Prophecy, he did. He consulted elders and he made the call out around the world and 27 elders responded from Asia, from Africa, from Europe, from, from the Americas. And they came together. And as you can imagine, where are you going to get 100 eagle feathers? And you're calling out this. But nonetheless, we know that when something comes through, and I think all the viewers know this too, you just know some things. You may not know how, but you just know you're called to do it. And that's what this prophecy was, is to get four gifts to, to have a ceremony in all the different traditions. And in that weekend, they put four gifts in there that spirit told them, tell the two legates, tell the human beings to use these four gifts because they have forgotten how to be in right relationship with themselves, other human beings, and with all our relatives, the earth herself and all the everything. So in order to restore harmony and balance, we are to use the, the invitation is to use these four gifts. And so since receiving those gifts in the mid nineties, I began incorporating them in all the work that I do in business and in community and in my own home, in my own life to begin with. And what I have found is that spirit didn't, didn't lie. These 27 indigenous elders from all these different traditions were here giving us, inviting us to use these gifts. Wow, amazing. And tell us, what are the gifts? What are the four yes. secrets? And it's not a secret. And you're, so what I'd like you do all to do though, is just take a couple of deep breaths, inhale through your nose and exhale through your mouth. And again, and one more time. And so the four gifts that are gifts for all of us, all humankind, to help us remember to be, how to be in right relationship with ourselves and all our relatives are the first, the power to forgive the unforgivable. And as I say that, I know it's already coming to you. What have you already forgiven? And what still is there to be forgiven? Put the gift of the power of forgiveness into the ceremonial part of your heart. And take a breath. And the second gift that I put into the hoop for all of us is the gift of the power of healing. The gift of the power of healing. We all know that. And it's not one time, many, many times throughout their life. So put the power of the gift of healing into the ceremonial part of your heart. And you become aware of what has been healed and you might be getting a sense of what needs healing. And just take a breath. And the third gift that they put into the hoop for all of us is the gift of the power of unity. What we're experiencing right here, right now in the, the movement that Designing Climate Action's about and all the different movements who all interconnect. So that gift of the power of unity, put that in the ceremonial part of your heart. Unity at home, unity at work, unity in community, unity in the earth, the planet. Okay, and then the final gift they put in there for us all to use is the gift of the power of hope. Hope in action. <laughs> we are clearly in a time of action. So put that gift of the power of hope in that power into the ceremonial part of your heart. And then just take a deep breath. And again, these four gifts, what was shared, the invitation from these elders is to use these. They took it back all over the world 
and it's to use these gifts and then you will remember. And so since 1995, when at that time I was losing hope, because at that point I'd already had 20 years of doing diversity and inclusion work and I didn't see things changing very fast. And I started to lose hope and I received these gifts and I realized, oh my gosh, I was forgetting. I was forgetting who I am and what was the unique gifts I was bringing. But these gifts started helping me. And so that to this day, it's now over 40 years that I continue to do the work all over the world, uh, but always beginning in with myself. Yeah, thank you. That's so powerful, you know, because we talk about collective transformation, but, you know, it really comes down to healing ourselves and yes, taking care of our environment, but taking care of our home, taking care of ourselves. And thank you so much, Anita, the Four Sacred Gifts course that I've been experiencing has been such a thrill so far. And even this morning, I experienced your meditation in the course, and it was the power of... This morning I did, yeah, the healing with love and kindness meditation. It was really soothing to sit there with my, my tea and having your voice guiding me with breath work. It's been really wonderful. So Good. thank you. Thank you for sharing the gifts. Well, what's wonderful about the gifts too, is what you're just now experiencing is I'm sure that the, the viewers are going, wait a minute, I know these gifts. Some of them I might feel pulled more to do. And Often people feel least pulled to do. You want me to forgive? You want me to forgive the unforgivable? You, you really want me to do that? And but the key is, is that we know from these four gifts that if you do it, whether you're a young uh, uh, elementary school person or you're a CEO of an organization or the leader of your own life or your home, that you use these gifts and uh, thousands of people have used the gifts and have re remarked about how it helped them to remember that we're all intimately interconnected. And so that's really key in all these gifts is that uh, I'm putting my hands in a circle here and realize it's not up and down, it's flat because we all are part of the circle of life. No one's higher, no one's lower. So we happen to be two-legged here talking but we also have the four-legged relatives, winged. We have the, all the elements, water, fire, earth, all of the different beings, trees, you know, all these things. And so it's about how do we be in harmony and right relationship? And that includes business. That includes everything is in the circle. Everything in the circle is sacred. However, everything in the circle doesn't always operate in a sacred way. And I will own that. I'll, and for those of you who are only listening, not seeing, I'm pulling my hair out on the side because sometimes I forget we're human beings. But what I will say now for the decades that I've been using these gifts in my life and sharing them with others is that people don't spiral downward. They don't get stuck in the pain and suffering. They don't deny it. That's not about denying. But rather they say, I'm going to take this energy now to be part of it active movement of loving myself, of using these gifts so that I'm in right relationship, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, physically. And so that then I bring that to my collective group, whatever those groups that you're part of, to make this hoop of life one that is life-giving rather than all the destruction that we're seeing because we've forgotten and we've gotten into, you know, greed and isolation, thinking it's only about me rather than about we, the collective. 
So there's just so many parts of it. And you can all always learn more, as, as Rachel said, by um, you know going to the site that they'll provide to you. And you can learn a whole lot more about the gifts and how to really anchor them in your life in a day-to-day -day kind of way. This is so wonderful when you're talking all about connections and relationships with ourselves first, going deeper into ourselves and then reflecting it into everything, as you said, like, you know, the one big circle over here. So that, you know, uh, reminds me to transition the same into resiliency. You know, all over the world right now, so many movements are happening, like, you know, uh, projects are happening on creating that resiliency for all the natural destructions that we are constantly facing, you know, for the human race and to coexist. And how do we do that? Yes. So, like, you know, while reading your book, like, uh, our ancestors and the indigenous people have represented resiliency through their way of living, like, you know, constantly the way they live, their lifestyle, the culture they, uh, you know, provided us. So how do we learn from their wisdom? And how do we apply that in the today's time for creating that resiliency? Yes. Well, you jump in and start using the gifts. And I'll just give you some examples of that is you start with yourself. So oftentimes it's starting with where do you come from? Where do your people come from? Some of them might be right here. You know, my, for my indigenous part of me is more in central Mexico where the Nahuatl, what people know as Aztec people are from. But also I am also Mexican and some of the Spaniards. So it's learning about those ancestors, who they are, what they are, what they brought. And if you have left your ancestral home long time, it doesn't mean you have to literally go back, but in dream time, just ask your ancestors, you know, to ask for their wisdom, um, ask for them to let know what needs to be healed. It's very important because when people know they have a history, present and future, they don't get so upset with other people who do have that and they don't. Or they also begin to understand that time is circular. You're starting to catch up with the quantum physicists and stuff that as I was taught that everything is in a, a is pretty much circular. So what we talk about very linear is very few things. And I know, John V, you're uh, uh, into biomimicry. So when we mimic nature, so one thing, learn about your answers, go out into nature. We are nature. Actually sitting by yourself, you're a part of nature. So when you drink that glass of water, when you wake up in the morning, that first sip you know, smell it, sense its fullness and drink it with gratitude because 50 to 65% of our body is water. So again, all that illusion of separateness, doing it on your own starts to melt away when we realize the air we breathe is because of those trees, the, the plant relatives who take our carbon and turn it into oxygen, the reciprocity that we need to care for ourselves and care for other because it is about us intimately interconnected. So I think that's a good place to start with your ancestors, then realizing everything that we do. I just talked to a, a, a Sam, a, an elder from, um, a Sam Bushman elder from the Kalahari. And at the end, I asked her, what is your dream or what are your invitation or hope for the people who are listening to you around the world? And she said to me, it is my dream that I will wake up one day and be able to know that the two leggeds around the world understand we do nothing alone. And that's something to be grateful for, not to feel weak. 
but rather to feel strengthened because we have enough. There is enough. Even in the really desperate times, there is enough. And it tells, teaches us that we share in not only the joy, but we share in the pain of transforming that. And that's what we're being called to do now. It's so clear. Mother Earth has been calling us um, spirit, whatever you call it, whether you call it God, Allah, universe, energy, nature, um, whatever language you use, the, your higher spirit, uh, your sacred energy, it's been calling us. And now's the time. And I'm just delighted with, with what all of you are doing in terms of the powerful work you're doing in your design. Um, it's important. It's, it's shaping the narrative. It's shaping the visions that the images that we have. And all of this, I'll close that part so you can go to another question. But what it brought up for me is my elders um, saying, my grandmother, very young, always be careful of not only what you say, but be careful what you think. Because once you think it and say it, it's already going out. See, they are, she, she, didn't, she didn't even have an educate, formal education at all, but she goes, it's already going out. She already understood her energy. We have this ability and this power, it's going out. And so, so if you think bad things and, and uh, hurtful things that take out of alignment, the spiritual, mental, emotional, physical, then rethink, re-speak, redo, because that has power. And now we know from science that, you know, if we were sitting together in a 12 or 14 foot radius, we're already shaping each other's heart rate variability. When I bring in anxiety, that's one of the fastest emotions to fly, fear, anxiety. But also right next to that is calm, is love. And so we get to choose while we're answering the difficult things. So it's not about, I'm not about, spiritual bypass. <laughs> That's not what you're going to get in my book or in my course. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about holding into the whole of us, the earthly to the spiritual being and all of that it will take for us to be resilient like that aspen tree when that big storm comes and that heavy snow and ice, it bends right down. And when all of that melts, it pops right back up. And indigenous people in living in harmony with the earth and all those elders who continue to bring us their original knowledge, that's what that wisdom is. That's already within us. It's just reigniting that, helping us to remember how to be life-giving two-leggeds in this hoop of life. Beautiful. So if I understand, understood you correct from everything that you said, I personally feel like, you know, before we do anything or before we take actions, the very first step is to listen, the authentic listening, which gets all the biases out, which helps us unite, which helps us bring that equity and equality and inclusivity in the system. So I would- I love, I love that, Johnny, they dropped listening because listening is the core, a foundational piece for all of these gifts, for us being. Um, out in what's happening now with all the difficulties, people go, well, we got to change it. Let's do this. Let's do this. Let's do this. And in indigenous country, when we talk to each other, we talk about we're not human doings. We're human beings. And it starts with listening, listening to yourself to know what needs to be healed, forgiven, where we can listen to where we need in unity, uh, hope, dreaming, 
So listening is just very, very key. But that human being then is reflected in the human doing. Mm -hmm. The human doing that we're seeing is actually, if we stop and listen and look at it, it's a reflection of our human being. That means we need to be really paying attention. It's both. It's about being generative like the earth, regenerating all the time rather than taking away. You, you mentioned, you know, the, the cycle of not just like taking, 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 but giving. So in my mind, that links to, you know, this extractive mindset of what can I take? What can I colonize or conquer? But I think it's really interesting. Like you're saying, it's we're all connected. Everything is intertwined. So it's just interesting to notice. And I'm curious um, if you wanted to dive into um, a little more of your story, if that would be something to interest you. Sure, when it comes to sure. and I'd love to in terms of, I'll, I'll start with the forgiveness. There's, I'm sure with questions that will come in, they'll have cover a lot of the other things. But when I say forgiveness, if, if, I, if you're like other audiences, a part of you goes, how does that have to do with business or what I'm doing in my work? Or my, like forgiveness, and, and how can I feel, forgive the atrocities, like the genocide of groups of people, including my own, or attempted, because we're still here. Um, or in my case, um, the murder of my father, which was racial related when I was 13. He was mistaken for a black man where earlier that day in a neighborhood bar, a white man and a black man had a fight. And my father, after work, he shoveled coal for a living. He went to the bar for a beer before he came home and sat at the place where these people were having the fight. The white man returned and saw his profile and shot three bullets through his head and killed him on the spot. And that's pretty horrific. Um, I have five brothers and sisters, we're all nine to 18. And my mother with a seventh grade education, but brilliant woman, it changed. It was one of those things that changed my life. But one of the things it did is the 13 year old Nita in her suffering and pain of losing her father, totally understandable. At some level, there was a belief system that that, that man's family and he had a son who was about age, would probably do the same thing. And lo and behold, in my dream of connecting hearts turned out to be diversity and inclusion and equity work, social justice. And I'm out doing that. Now, wait a minute, I'm out doing that. That means I gotta take care of what's going on inside of me. How far am I actually gonna be able to help hold the space for people to come together? And indeed what happened from listening to rooms and business, putting white people in a circle, sharing their dreams, their experience, their teachings, where they shared that many of their parents, not all, but many of them taught them they were better, they were superior to people who looked like me or black folks or Asian folks or you know, all the different people of color. And, but that they loved their parents, but they were doing something different. You know, they were trying, they were changing policies and programs. They have friends, they, you know, so many things changing that it, uh, the 13-year-old Nita had to bring down her armor because the adult Nita realized, this is very important to understand why forgiveness is really a gift to yourself. And it was such a gift to me because then what I realized is that man who killed my father and his son, who was around my age, I literally was taking away his face. I was taking away his humanity. I got him in a box that he could only do what his father did. And so I was becoming exactly what I didn't want. And that's what happens when you don't forgive and when the healing continues, conscious or unconsciously, you end up doing more damage. And so part of the indigenous 
process, the knowing, is we're involved in all kinds of things, talking circles, um, sweat lodges, powwows, um, all different kinds of healings that we have, including image, imagery and being in nature and things. And so that process then helps you not forget. I'll never forget those things in my life. However, I get to use my energy for now, changing the systems and structures, changing the things so that we can create a future that's life-giving for all in the hoop of life, at least seven generations out, because that's what we talk about, seven generations. So what am I going to do right here and now if I can say that it will be a benefit seven generations out, then please go ahead. If you cannot say that, if you can't say it for even just two generations, then pause and re-go in to your heart, use these gifts, be in conversation collectively using them, and then proceed when you can answer yes. Because we know it fails when we say, well, this is good enough. It's less suffering than this other. Now, wait a minute. I think that's coming from because we haven't been using the gifts of healing and forgiveness. When we keep using those, the gifts of unity and hope in action become expansive. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. It's, it's so inspiring. I right at this moment, I literally got goosebumps when I am listening to your story of how did you transform your entire experience into something beneficial for the entire humanity at this point of time. Everyone who's listening to you, like a 13-year-old child, having that kind of maturity and understanding growing up, revisiting your experiences, unlearning it and relearning it. And that's, yes. that's so beneficial right now. And, you know, I really want to ask you, like, in your course that you teach, like, what is your take on redesigning capitalism? Like, how do we perceive capitalism in today's world? How do we go back to what has been done? How do we unlearn? And how do we bring that to our work environment? Like you have been working with CEOs and, you know, young entrepreneurs. And I would yes. just like to know what's your message for everyone who's listening to Yeah, this. it really is. These gifts are so applicable there. I'm, I, a story just popped up for me, you know, make it quick. But a, a, a man who was a very, I, I have bound by confidentiality, but anyway, filmmaker. And, but he was having difficulty delegating because he felt like, I, I can do it better. I, I, a level of perfection. And, and so he's had a difficult time. And um, he came to me. And so I worked with him. And what came through was actually an event that happened when he was five years old, where his father, here's a CEO of a, of a major thing, uh, gave, bought him a new fishing rod. And he was learning how to fish and he let go. And they didn't have a lot of money. And his father was furious at him and just looked at him and said, that's just it. You can't trust anybody. See, what these gifts, and you use them over and over again. And what they'll do is they'll bring forward when these limiting beliefs, when these various hurts and pains and mistreatments, as well as the creative and joyful things that happen that, oh my gosh, how could I forget that? But in his case, what happened is he left, first of all, he said, I never worked with somebody in this way. I mean, I know you do team development, all this, but I never, how did we ever get to that? But a few months later, a colleague of his called and said, I don't know what you did, but he now has a team of six people. 
he's off in Europe on a vacation. He hasn't been on vacation forever. And now he, he has more contracts coming in than ever. Now he's even bigger than that. And, and he's gotten married. So what I'm just saying, whether you're a small entrepreneur or a large scale corporation, like a high tech company, and I write about it in my book, where this high tech company was, was you know, a, a, a $25 billion operation, but they were losing, their people were losing their fire about being, calling on their leadership, their stuff. So I used positive psychology as well as, which is very indigenous too, positive imbalance, and wove the gifts in, in the background and in the foreground of that. And they went from 25 to $29 billion operation in a little over a year in a flat market. Now, that wasn't because of any one thing. That was because of calling on everyone. And that's what we're calling on here is all of you are watching now or watching later is about you are needed in the super life. There is no mistake. And nothing is too small or too big, whatever that is. It can be just an act of kindness to a person, a homeless person just saying, hello, uh, I see you. You don't know what that means and what that can change uh, in that person's life. So, so who we are and what we are is truly sacred, is divine. And I know in your design work and biomimicry all over the place, they're, they're mimicking that. And we are part of nature. We are part of nature. So why wouldn't we be mimicking what we know works and has been for millennia? But we just need to remember that it's intimately interconnected. That virus that started halfway around the earth from the US is affecting the whole earth, them and all of us, because there is no other, it's only us. And so we got to care and um, support each other. Absolutely. 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 We have some uh, comments in the chat. Wow, Anita, such an incredible story. Forgiveness from that's either Mark or Sarah. But um, thank you. Thank you for sharing. And I remember reading that chapter in your book. And I loved how when you were doing this work with the filmmaker, you you had them summon their dog, like their childhood dog as a comforting energy. I think yes. that's really important. Yes. Well, and I think that's an important thing because we want to give really practical. Your members really matter to you. I mean, that's part of what I love about all of you. And I was a yes to be here, um, to be with you in that there are very concrete ways that you can do this. So one of the things that you can do for those of you going, well, I, how do I begin? Okay, I'll, I'll look up the course later, but how do I begin right now? Well, one of the things when you find yourself not sure, call up an image of someone or something that provides you safety and wisdom. Just call that up and just take a few breaths and breathe with that. You'll be amazed by how it affects already your breathing, which then slows things down so your frontal cortex can come into play where reasoning and things can happen. But so sometimes that can be uh, a, a pet early in your life. It could be the sun. It could be a tree. It could be a grandparent who you loved who's no longer here physically, but spiritually is. So whatever that is, um, these are all things that are here for us. And we just need to call on them. And that's indeed what you're talking about, how we came to know what was the thing that needed to be released so this man could, could grow and be part of major, major um, films, including award-winning films, that he 
he needed to unlock that that happened very young. And for us, it's so, many of the things are very young, but some of them just happened this morning. But we're meant, just like joy, we release joy. We also release, release pain. Because if, even if we try to keep hanging on to joy, we're going to suffer because and we're going to stop the new joy. So it's about, again, like reciprocity. Things move, seasons, changing all the time. Teacher, do we have any questions on Twitch right now? Yeah, so I was going to make an announcement. If anyone has questions for Anita here, we're going to have a portion where you have the opportunity to ask her. So feel free to type your questions in the chat and we can go ahead and facilitate that. In the meantime, where people are putting in the questions, let's touch base about the course uh, of mm. the four sacred gifts. Anita, do you like to uh, you know, share something about the course, what's in store for yes. people. Well, what happened is, um, you know, in 2017, my book came out and it, it got an international award in three areas very quickly after that. Uh, best self-help book, um, best um, in inspirational book, and um, best in spirituality. And, but what happened is that people calling on me a lot and, and others to, you know, keep, I'm a messenger of this. And so people kept saying, isn't there a way? I mean, can we also, can you share more for us to actually do a practice on our own time? Because people are so inundated with things. So I did take quite a while and really prayed and talked to my elders and put together this online course. That is prayers run all the way through it, blessings. Um, and in every of the six modules, uh, is uh, as a piece on uh, content and videos. Since so much we can learn through video, you all know that, the power of the images and stuff. And the narrative is beautiful. And then some exercises for you to really ask in an invitation to really anchor these through some questions. And then um, there's also always a ritual and a meditation. Because we know with ritual, there the ritual is part of, it's life-giving. It helps inspire us. It connects us to the past and the present. It connects us to beauty, really. And that we need these rituals and we've forgotten them. Uh, and many, many people have. And so, and then the meditations are just like you said, like, okay, I'm in a hurried way or I'm not so sure about this. And if we just slow down and start with our breath, which is our first call, then, and with a little bit of guided uh, meditation, we can get centered and we actually work on the different gifts in those meditations. So there's an intro and a closing and then the four, and you can use it for as long as you want. You can move back and forth the way it's set up and it's um, it's beautiful. The betas and all the, the, the feedback we're hearing from people is, thank you. You were listening to us <laughs> to speak to you, Jambi. Uh, you were listening and we need this now when um, things are so challenging we want to be a better parent we want to be that leader who's responding to communities who are asking us to take on the challenges of the world and we're not so sure how we're going to do that um, have you gotten any questions yet because i could riff about business or the amazon yeah, so I'm not seeing any in the chat yet. I do want to chime in here about the course. It's been such a gift experiencing the course, especially because it's filmed in your beautiful home in Boulder and you're there on the patio and there's the trees in the back. It, it feels really like an intimate experience. And 
like we've you know met briefly over zoom mostly i've never met you in person yet but i still feel like i i have this deep connection with you and indigenous elders in that sense um yeah there's okay. amazing opportunities for these meditations and i love how you encourage us to create an altar and have that ritual have that connection so the value, the value that I found in this course, I, I really hope that these gifts can be shared widespreadly so more people can experience this, especially forgiving the unforgivable has been the gift that has transformed my life the most. Because like you're saying, Anita, we're, we're not forgiving for the sake of the other person, but it's for our collective healing and our own healing and to feel lighter. So definitely yeah. highly recommend this oh, course. Thank you. And that's what I'm hearing from, from others as well, whether you're an entrepreneur of small business or you're a leader in, in a major corporation or, or, or a woman who's just like, oh my gosh, I need some time. I'm doing teaching my kids at school, at school, sometimes they're at school, but they're mostly at home and I need, and just, I'm hearing from some folks that just 20, 30 minutes before they go to bed, they're going into the course and just doing that. And they're going, oh my gosh, my dreams my ability to really feel rested. It's just amazing what's happening. And so that's, these gifts are yours and, and they're meant for that. Um, if I could, um, while other things are coming, I wanted to say a little bit about the Amazon um, because businesses are all, all being asked, whatever your industry, your field is, you're being asked to really take on to help move forward so that spe our species will still be here because we're hearing all the things from scientists and the degradation that's happening and the pollution and the more and more hurricane, all the things that are happening. But what, what I want to say is that it's very important when we read and look at what's happening, not, not know what's happening in our immediate community. Uh, that's first and foremost. Um, and, you know, uh, you know, where does your water come from? Who are the people that were there? Um, first and to learn about them, to learn more about how you can be respectful there and, and be a life-giving force. But in these businesses, what has happened too is that in they're being expected, first of all, businesses now, this is a very new thing. In the polls, it shows that uh, depending on the poll you see, it's 57 to 60 some percent of people are expecting business resolve the major challenges that exist, whether it's uh, social justice issues, environmental issues, government issues. I mean, all of these, they're looking to business to do this and they're taking their money with them. If the business isn't doing, they're moving to other places. So we know, so business is listening, maybe not fast enough, maybe not all of them yet, but the fact that business has taken on redefining the role of business, the role of corporations, which got perverted to me and saying that is about shareholder value. So how much more, 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 more money you can make at the cost of whatever that is of excavation, whatever the depleting resources. Now they've redefined business is to be a benefit of service to the stakeholders. That means everything from the earth, the planet, the trees, the water, everything, right on to the two legs, the human beings, all the animals, you know, right on to the, to the people who put money in stock into that business, that all of that, because they realize there it was a thing coined uh, decades ago that you can't do business on a dead planet. And we care and love our, the animals and the earth. We love our children. 
and other people's children, other species children. So that's a very exciting thing. And one of the things that's another movement that's happening back to the Amazon is that the Amazon, there is great movement to preserve the Amazon, the whole of the Amazon. But in Ecuador was the first country back in 2008 or nine, forgive me if I'm off by a year, um, had the rights of nature put in their constitution. And that was indigenous, indigenous people led that. And that movement put the rights of nature in the constitution. Now you still have to battle and do all the little things to keep it alive. But that was indigenous people from their knowing we are part of the earth. And they know that they were protecting this, not only for their own culture, for their own way of living, but they knew it had an impact on the whole world. Even if they didn't know, it provided 20% of the oxygen that we have, that the water that comes off the canopy provides, impacts weather all over the earth. But this is true all over the world. So find out what's, what, what is yours to do. And we can't do everything. So people who are doing something, you know, like in, in your design work, thank you. That, that's not specifically my industry, although I think I am a designer <laughs> in many ways, but not the way you do, not the way you're anchoring it and, and putting it out there as a whole industry. I'm so excited. And thank you to those who are looking at, you know, the changing the footprint on human beings, the, the social justice movements, the Black Lives Matter movements, the indigenous, all of these movements where all the people from all the races are out there saying, no, this has to change because the footprint we put on each other is the same footprint we're putting on mother earth. So when we put that loving footprint on mother earth, we're putting that loving footprint on each other. And we put that harmful footprint we're putting on. So it, again, it's that intimate interconnection. So a part of me wants to say, I'm just so grateful to be here with the, the design you, your, the work that you're doing because it really matters. And also looking at your young faces and I'm just like, it matters. Young people are leading a lot of this. We need you. So whether you're in elementary school, high school, you're a 20 something going out in the business or 30 or 40, whether you're 90 years old or hundred, we need you all now to use the gifts that you have to do your healing, forgiveness, unity, get and hope in action because ultimately it has to be about action, but conscious action. That's what we're after. Thank you. Thank you. We do have some questions here. Good. Let's go to the questions. All right. So first is from Princess PJs. As a white woman, it has always bothered me. I don't really know who my ancestors were. How can I reconcile my existence here in America with what I know now about genocide and colonialism? And then I realized they were probably peasants or I would know of them. I don't have any rituals, customs from them because all that was taken from them by colonizers too. Learning new rituals, meditation is so helpful. And yet how can I proceed if I want to be careful about cultural appropriation? Right. First of all, you can appropriate if I've invited you. And the elders, this, this eagle who prophecy is about all of us. It's not, it didn't say it, in fact, when the ceremony happened, some of the elders were speaking and saying, oh good, I can't wait to take this back to my nation, to my tribe, all parts of it. And spirit, what came through to all of them is like, oh no, this is for all humanity. So you get this. So this ego who prophecy is about all of us. It's about bringing to life our understanding that yes, we are diverse, but there's unity in our diversity and that's critical. So you are being invited to use these gifts 
please, please do. And the other thing when you say, I don't know, you may never know the specific, but it is in you. It's in a genetic, it is there. And we know from new science that much of that is coming through. And so what I would ask you to do, if you even know that you're just from Europe or a region of Europe, then before you go to bed at night, just and invite, you know, any in the in your dream state, anything to come through. And when you go and do read, read some of the literature. And every direction has indigenous people. We all started indigenous. What we know indigenous now, I'm not trying to disrespect because I understand there's a whole lineage of the traditional knowledge, but the reality, the definition anthropologically of indigenous, we are all of the earth of the stardust and no one can take that away. So learn from the North direction, the Sami people, go and read about them and their rituals and ceremonies because that's a lot of the European people, but also read about the devastation that happened European, the anger and the pain and the um, some really horrific thing that were happening there that were brought here. And so that you can understand it to be a part of that healing of that so that, that you can be a life-giving part of the hoop of life. So I just invite you and thank you for your question. Thank you. Thank you, Anita. We have another question that's very similar to that. I'll still read it. It's from Margaret. Hi, Margaret. Thank you for being here. She says, thank you, Anita, for sharing your wisdom and your incredible story. You mentioned starting with knowing where your ancestors come from and asking for their wisdom in your dreams. Would you mind sharing how to start slash approach that? Yes. Well, let me give you a real concrete way. There's this thing called 23andMe and other ones. I'm not trying to push any one platform. But I learned a lot more. My, my family from our oral history had been bringing, uh, I can go back at least 600 years uh, about my people. But even with that, there were some stories I didn't get. So one of the things to do is to, if you can even want to do your genetic, you can then find out what region. Because what I discovered is, yes, I am half. I am 50% indigenous. But I thought it was all Aztec. And what it shows is I'm also indigenous from a uh, um, desert tribe. And I also, this blew me away, I also am from the Amazon. No stories of any of this. No stories. So you can go, magic? What is that? Why was I drawn to the Amazon? Why did I start leading groups there? Now, that doesn't make me a know-it-all about the Amazon. No, I am a very much uh, a, a newbie and and count on the people that Ashwa and Sapra, who's so loving, who take care of us and, and help us do our work, our journeying. But you can find out also like me, I also have not only from Spain, but Eastern European. I have no stories about Hungary. What? So now I'm starting to read about Hungary. That's a part of me. So start there. And then before you go to sleep at night, like I said before, I think it's our ancestors are always here. And we can just ask them for their help. You know, we just ask and I ask and ask. And so my mother who's gone, my grandmother, the whole lineage of Kirinderas uh, on my maternal side, I call on them and I get insight. I just get insight. And so bring that forward. And you know, as creatives, that not everything comes from hard science. And now even some scientists are saying, well, we're not able to explain this but it sure seems to work. So we have to keep looking because we want to find from the five senses how this works. And what I say is just go for it. But there's lots you can, there's lots you can learn. Yeah. 
Yes, thank you so much. There's so much to learn and yeah, wow. Uh, thank you, thank you. There's not any more questions as of now. We do have some comments saying, wow, yes, exactly, love all that, thank you. And then Mark slash Sarah said, everyone is a designer with a heart. Yes, thank you. I know I, when I was about to say something diminishing, I realized that. So thank you, uh, Mark and Sarah, for reminding me. No, we're all designers. Uh, it's just that some of you are being much more intentional about it. Uh, and so I appreciate that. But when you just said that, I realized something that was so important, especially from, it's generally people from the white direction, Europe, who don't know much about their ancestry. And so here's another thing to add into that. When you go to sleep at night, and I only say that because we get our minds out of the way when we sleep. So before you go to sleep at night, just say, I apologize to the land that my ancestors left, the place that gave me and my ancestors life. I apologize. I know people who've done it a number of times said that, and they've said all of a sudden things changed for them. There was a lightening up because it's a myth that every everybody from Europe came here because they were all on the Mayflower and they were all seeking you know, explorers. No, there was hardship. They were trying to escape really persecution and other drought and famine and all sorts of things. But that you apologize from where you came from because that's a unique part of, of your lineage. Thank you for letting me add that. Yeah, I would like to address that we are so grateful and honored that we are getting this opportunity to partner with you for the course. And this is for everyone. We are putting the link so that you can go to the website, see the course, to take up, sign up for the courses. And yeah, like one thing is that every time someone takes up the course of the four sacred gifts, we as Designing Climate Actions uh, will be getting 40% of that. And that's going to help us, you know, uh, spread our outreach for Designing Climate Action and connect to more and more people around and grow the community in a way and be able to help all of you people through that. So we are very honored about that. You can also see about the course on our website of Designing Climate Actions. You can see uh, where we have posted about today's session and over there you can go and click on the link of the four secret gifts, which will take you to it. Thank you. Yes, we have another comment here. So incredible to hear from you, Anita, always says climate designers, not sure if it's Mark or Sarah, but it's one of them. <laughs> Uh, that's wonderful. It's great to be here. Really good. Yeah, we're so grateful. I know we're getting close to the top of the hour here. Anita, I want to pass it back to you if you have final thoughts or if you have things you want to wrap up with before we head out. Yes. I just want to give gratitude to all of you. Um, and I want to thank you on behalf of Indigenous elders, leaders, healers all over the world. We make six up 6% 6 of the world's population, 2% of the population in the U.S., and in any way you can learn about where you are and the people and the, what they're doing, because I, without any doubt, I know that they're working on behalf of all life and look as you as a sister and a brother. So um, that's one key thing. Thank you. And the last one is whatever is your circumstance, whether you're rich or poor economically, whether you have a big family or few members of your family or, or none, um, you're starting your career or you're well into it. There's a part of me that wants you to understand that I invite you to know that you're not just your circumstances. You are so much more than that. 
And so I hope that you will really look at your um, self as being part of the hoop of life, an intimate part of this hoop of life that is so needed. And so I thank you for being here because I know if you're part of this organization, then you are indeed a person, a two-legged, who understands individually and collectively. It's about all of us at this time, all of our relatives. And so I thank you for being here. Thank you so much, Anita. Uh, I'll just say like for everyone who are listening to us right now on YouTube, later, please feel free to reach out to us with any additional questions you have, your thoughts, anything that you learned or your takeaway from the session, please do reach out to us. And if there are more questions, we'll do a follow-up brainstorming between me and Rachel and we'll address all of that. So yeah, your comments are always welcomed and stay in touch with us. Stay tuned with us and all set to you, Rachel. Yes, thank you. And feel free to join our private circle and Mighty Networks for designing climate action to stay in the loop. We'll have some exciting interviews going forward. And next month's theme is biomimicry, right, Chandra? Yes, awesome. And we have another comment in the chat. 6% um, of the world's population and guarding 80% of all biodiversity. Absolutely. Um, indigenous peoples and uh oh rachel's here hi rachel not myself another rachel <laughs> she says thank you for holding space and sharing this conversation today and yes we have a question about posting the link to the course again i'll go ahead and do that and thank you everyone for being here this has been such a gift and such a blessing and i really really encourage you to further explore the four sacred gifts they have truly truly been an incredible catalyst for transformation, not only for myself, but for countless of other people. And I really, really hope that you can have that experience as well. And Anita, it's always such a gift and pleasure to see your beautiful face and to connect with you and hear your story. So again, we are so, so deeply grateful of your generosity for sharing your time and your gifts with us. Thank you. All right. Thank you so much. I'm going to share that link one more time and Janvi, was there anything else you want to mention? I'm just honored to co-host with you, Rachel. It's always a pleasure to see this wonderful vibe going around. And Anita, what can I say more? Like, you know, you, you already said everything. And I'm just grateful that I got a chance to meet you today and, you know, listen to your wisdom and stay connected with you. Thank you. It was wonderful talking with both of you, too. And I know one day we will meet. But now we're forever connected consciously which is wonderful. Yes. All right. Well, I'll go ahead and leave then. I think you stopped the recording. <laughs> thank you so much, Anita. And thank you everyone for joining us. This has been a great premiere of Designing Climate Action, and we hope to see you soon. <laughs>